podcasts start we're no different we don't treat ourselves any different than the other podcasts out there i'm kidding we think we're the best fucking show on the earth so just the headers that's what you thought you were tuning into if you heard that amazing music by the absurdists but you're not you're not listening to just the headers not anymore baby are they jesse nope we're uh we're starting a new show What's it called? What the header? <laughs> we changed the name of the show. We changed the vibe of the show. Um, if you notice, there was some irregularity with show releases recently. And that's because if you start losing the passion in what you're doing, you kind of start to lose the consistency with what you do. And that kind of ended up being where we were. Am I speaking out of line when I say that, Jesse? Absolutely not. I was, I was, I was feeling the, the dread every week of reading headlines that were all about politics, all about hacks, and a lot of other reoccurring topics in the news on CoinDesk and CoinTelegraph. So I felt that uh, we need to change things up, and I exactly. think I think we're doing it. I think. Uh, so we're going to be going on a tangent where we actually take a real deep dive into Bitcoin and what it actually is on a technical level for not only our sake, but also for all you guys. So you can follow us and uh, we're going to examine everything from the white paper to the cryptography to the code itself. And we're going to sift through all that with you, uh, with each other, and ultimately educate Everybody, including ourselves, about how this thing works all the way down to the nuts and bolts of it. Absolutely. I think, like, we were reading those headlines, and it was really funny, is in our discussion last week, um, where we opted to not record and instead brainstorm about what we were going to do in this sea of dread. And it was, we took a word map of all of the headlines and i said okay what we're gonna do is take a word map of all of the headlines and see what it is they're trying to get us to think what it is they're trying to get us to talk about i don't know and maybe we can talk about those words as different verticals and (laughs) what was the biggest word i'm pretty sure the biggest word was bitcoin and i don't know (laughs) why we thought it would be any different Right. And we were like, huh. Okay. Well, that makes kind of sense. And it's really the next biggest word was like um, exchange. And then Ethereum was on Wasn't there. it cryptocurrency up there? Cryptocurrency was. No, sorry. You're right. Cryptocurrency is the biggest word. Then Bitcoin. And then the second one was Bitcoin. Then it was Ethereum. Then exchange. Um, regulations was a big one. Um, and we were like, then we got sad. I was like, damn. There's no way out of the headline hell. And after that, um, we decided, or Jesse had the actual brilliant ideas. Like, hey, man, why don't we just relearn Bitcoin? Like, we think we know what we're talking about. And we think we know what we're reading about. But do we? So we took this opportunity to stimulate our curiosity and provide a much better show and a better use of, of our time and yours. Um, just getting to know Bitcoin a little bit better. With our little pizzazz. So we're going to go on a useful tangent. Right? And and also, not to mention the change in content uh, topics, we're also changing the format. Yep. As far as video format is concerned, right? Absolutely. So there's going to be video of this. We'll throw it up on YouTube. New, new territory for the old Bitcoin podcast network. Not really. We have YouTube. It's kind of useless, but we'll try and put some stuff on there. So, so Jesse, people are going to see our faces. We're, people are yeah. going to see our faces now. We're going to have to like 
not look terrible when we were <laughs> Fuck I'm that. I'm looking terrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I saw the I saw Colin on the network has a Rorschach mask and it changes shapes as you breathe hot air into it. What? Rorschach from uh you know the Rorschach test. Yeah, I know. Well like, Rorschach uh, is a character from Watchmen. Like the guy from Watchmen. Yes. Well, he's got yeah. a mask, like a ski mask, because it's wintertime. Yeah. But as you breathe hot air, it makes the shapes of Rorschach's face. That's crazy. Yeah, it's really trippy. I don't know if I like it or love it. So <laughs> that's, that's pretty dope. So we're going to start at the beginning, you guys. We're going to read the abstract of the Bitcoin white paper, and we're going to see where that takes us. And then after we fully digest the abstract, we're going to dive into the next sections and just slowly but surely learn the shit out of Bitcoin. And where we go after that? No, it's going to take us a while to get through that. It's gonna take Let's us be a, real. It's going to take like, us a pretty long time. So without further ado, join us on this journey. And we hope you enjoy this show and you share it with your friends and you tell them to go to the Bitcoin Podcast Network and... uh yeah, so, um, welcome up- to what the header, what header, the header. header. All right, hold on. In a world where a man and another man were curious about Bitcoin, oi, oi. Um. All right. So, where do you want to start? Do you want to go to Bitcoin dot org? Yeah, we're going to go to Bitcoin.org slash Bitcoin.pdf. That's where you find the Bitcoin white paper if you're interested. Bitcoin.org slash Bitcoin.pdf. Slash EN slash Bitcoin hyphen paper. And um, there you go. HTTPS colon backslash backslash. Ugh, we have to do that anymore. www.bitcoin. Gross, get out of here. All right, so let's go through this. All right. You read the title. I'll take All the right, abstract. So the title of the white paper begins, Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer electronic cash system. And it's got his uh, his name, Satoshi Nakamoto, and his email address, satoshin at gmx.com, and the website, www.bitcoin.org. The abstract okay. begins by stating, a purely peer-to-peer ver- uh, version of electronic cash would allow online payments to be sent directly from one party to another without going through an financial institution pause digital signatures provide part of the solution pause pause yeah yeah peer-to-peer us nerds we know what that means video gamers probably know what that means techies fully understand peer-to-peer but a lot of people may not so shouldn't we define what that means in the context of what that sentence means i i i want to say no because this is for like the techie people who want to begin getting techie, mm-hmm. but I guess we could define that. Why? Do, why when if there's if there's an average person listening to this podcast right now, why okay. is talking on a cell phone not peer to peer? It seems peer to peer. If I call you on my cell phone, why isn't that peer to peer? Because that signal is not going from you directly to the other person. It's being bounced through uh, infrastructure belonging to a telecommunications provider. If you're in North America, it'd probably be AT&T. Mm-hmm. If you're in China, what is it, like Alipay or something? I think Alipay it's like NT Systems. Everything. It's NT Systems, I think. There's like tier, There's different tier levels for communications, and everybody else rents out basically... Uh, from the tier zero, I think. Mm, that's interesting. Canada, yeah. they have like Canadian AT and T. It's got a weird name, but I remember my network changed the second I landed in Canada. Mm. Um, but that's the definition of peer to peer. If it were truly peer to peer, then when I talked to my, it's basically like holding up a tube with a string. And then that string leads to a tube. And then I'm talking directly into Jesse's ear. And then he's talking directly into mine. You've seen those old apparatuses. Apparati. <laughs> Whatever it's called. 
well, any, uh, anyways, that's peer-to-peer. And in this case, in the context of electronic cash, it means that when I send electronic money to Jesse, it doesn't go through Bank of America, or sorry, it doesn't hit the payment processors network, then Visa's network, then the bank's several networks that they own, then the bank's ledger, and then back out through the same process to show that I've sent Jesse money. I just send Jesse money and it goes straight to Jesse. Okay. Next sentence. All right. So digital signatures provide part of the solution. But the main benefits are lost if a trusted third party is still required to prevent double spending. Mm. Digital signatures. That's one thing. Do people know what that is? I would assume they don't. I would assume they don't. So should we write that down and revisit it? Uh, We can talk about it now. So what is a digital signature, D? Fuck yeah, let's dive into it. That's a great question, Jesse. I think I have... A layman's definition for a digital signature off the top of my head. But essentially, it's a unique digital code. That, And that's, I guess, the shortest sentence I can get. Right? But we need to dive a little bit deeper into that. Like, what makes it unique? And digital, is digital unique? Like, if if I write a paper and I copy it and give it to someone, that's two versions of that paper. That's not unique. You know what? We're going to have to buy you a quieter keyboard. I see that now, Jesse. <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and start shopping, buddy, and the network will pay the bill because that is going to get annoying for all okay, the listeners okay. to hear every single time we need to look something up. All so, right. So you can go ahead and start looking right now. In fact, Corey just bought a quiet one. So why don't you hit him up? <laughs> And as the one that he paid for, uh, and see uh, if it fits your fingers. It's a gaming keyboard, so I know you'll like that. Gosh. All right. Wait, is What's it a- just me? Because like I think I can hear your chair, like the fabric on your chair, like you know when you when you rub leather together. Oh yeah, that's exactly what that is. I was wearing a leather jacket today, by the way, because it's Halloween. And I was dressing you? up like uh, like somebody from Greece for you, some extra credit in my class. You cool motherfucker, you. Yeah. I can't even rock a leather jacket that well. Man. How did it feel to rock up? Did you go buy a pack of cigarettes, too? I, You know what? I was going to roll up a little piece of paper and pretend it was a joint. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't do that. I don't know. <laughs> did they smoke joints, joints in Greece? In Greece? No. I think they just smoked cigarettes normal cigarettes can you sing the grease song all right so uh what are digital signatures and how do they work <laughs> i think that's how it goes okay here 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 digital oh no that's, that's <laughs> all right so let's just let's just let's just make it simple okay. digital signatures are a way to uniquely identify a signer uh of of the transaction right okay and, Which is necessary uh, when to we know. get into the cryptography portion of how we learn how this works, then we can make a make a more comprehensive explanation uh, about what digital signatures are and how they're generated. Sound good? Okay, I think that's a good idea. So for now, we'll, we'll kind of like sweep it under the rug, like digital signatures, like you said. Okay, it's like a way of signing. Yeah, something. that's a good idea. I think that's a good idea. Um, all right, so you wanted to read the third sentence. Let me find it first. Okay. So the third sentence, right? The third statement that we're making here in the abstract. Uh, we propose a solution to the double spending problem. We're going to highlight that because people probably don't understand why that's a problem. Sure. Double spending. Using a peer-to-peer network, the network timestamps transactions. So that's an important one. What does it mean to timestamp a transaction from one peer to another peer? By hashing them into an ongoing chain of hash-based proof of work. There's a lot in this third sentence. 
third no, sentence no, you, is charm. You're reading the third and the fourth sentence, D. You just have to no, read that we propose a solution. To oh the shit! Spending there problem. was a there's a period right. I apologize. I forgot how to read. So the third sentence. We so let's, let's talk about double spending then. Yes. So let's what does do that, that mean? What that means is check it out, everyone. I'm D. I've got a ten dollar bill. But I want to spend this $10 bill twice at the exact same time. I want to give this $10 bill to Jesse. I want to give this other exact same $10 bill to Corey. But wait, you ask yourself, you can't give someone the same $10 bill twice. And I would say, you're absolutely right. That's counterfeit. You can't do that. Who makes sure things aren't counterfeited now? Banks. They've got a ledger. Everything passes through the ledger. And that bank's ledger says... That I can't spend to Jesse and Corey the exact same $10. That's a really hard process to manage if you don't have a central body to oversee that double spending. Right? Because if there's nobody that keeps track of me, D, wanting to spend two of the exact same $10 bills, then essentially I could throw that $10 bill in a copy machine, make a bunch of $10 bills like Beavis and Butthead did way back in the day and just start giving out the same $10 bill to everyone. And I never lose any of my money. True. So that sentence says bill. that they have a solution for yep. a double spending problem by yeah, using maybe. a peer to peer network. So somehow they're going to be able to address that with peer to peer with a peer to peer network. Now we know what it, what happens at least overview wise but uh, we'll we'll go deeper into that as well when we get into the nitty gritty. Okay. This is good. So I the like next the sentence, way this is going. And it's just a proposal. Uh, it's not even a real solution. It's just a proposal. Mm. Yeah. The next sentence goes, the network timestamps transactions by hashing them into an ongoing chain of hash-based proof of work, forming a record that cannot be changed without redoing the proof of work. So what does that mean? So network timestamps, transactions. So a timestamp is basically uh, system time, right? Now, what's the system? The system in this case is the network of computers. Hold up. So that's a biggie right there that you just said. Do you even know what you said? That's so huge. What? System time. Mm -hmm. Why is that huge? Why do you think that I think that's huge? I don't know why you think that's huge. Because it is because time is an agreed upon thing, right? Correct. And what we're agreeing upon is the time that exists in the Bitcoin network. Right. And that's that. That's a huge, huge thing when you think Absolutely. about it. Absolutely. That's a massive shift in lots of things if everyone, all of humanity agreed that the time that's important is the time in the Bitcoin system. Mm-hmm. That's that's just got that goes out beyond money. That goes beyond lots of things. But go on. I'm sorry. I think I you know. I actually you know. just wondered uh, how. So I guess this is one of the questions we'll answer later for ourselves, and which is the reason why we're doing this is because I actually don't know um, how time is kept. Educated guesses. So, like, I'm dead fucking the majority, serious. I'm not. not that's, the majority of the network, do they have the right time? No, man. It's like a very, very, very good educated guess. I think it was earlier last year where there was a actual mathematical breakthrough when we got the atomic clock as close to what we could identify as accurate time as possible. Like that was an actual breakthrough that we had last year. So time is like an agreed upon, highly educated guess. No, but I mean for the network. Do you know how the mechanism works for the network? Like oh. you know how Microsoft services update our local computers to the yes. to the time zone that we're in. Yeah. How does Bitcoin's network um, keep track of that system time and distribute that system time to all the computers that are networked together? This is an interesting. I feel like we should have notepads to write down our questions, right? Uh, we can have a little notepad. Here we go. Oh, my God. That keyboard is impressive. (laughs) 
All right, so things we want to know. You should write these notes in HackMD. HackMD is a great system. <laughs> Why don't I just write them in console? I'll use, I'll use like some text editor in console. Sure, that's fine. That's good. Cause no, no, I don't want to do that. Well, well, if we wrote it in HackMD, it could be collaborative with the audience. They could log okay, in. How about, we, how about we make a Google Doc? Okay, let's make a Google Doc. Okay, we'll make it after the show. Okay, let's do that. I actually like the idea of that. Because then it goes along with just the headers, how we had the open database that nobody looked at. But Okay, perfect. So I'm going to put things we want to know, and then things you want to know, like the audience, and then you guys can fill that out uh, when you access the link, the, the Google spreadsheet link in okay. the show notes. This so is things we want show. to know, how is system time... Um, um, synchronized between all networked peer-to-peer machines? That's a question. That's a good question. That's a great question. We need to analyze that. Okay. Um, all right, so let's, let's keep reading. Let's scoop that over a little bit. Okay. Um... So we've got we the timestamps. Oh. Let's see, hashing them into okay. So by hashing them into an ongoing chain, what does that mean? By hashing them into an ongoing chain. Okay, so I do know what a hash is. Um, what is a hash? It's a function. It's a cryptographic function. What do I mean by that? Okay, so no, no, no. no. A hashing function is a cryptographic function. What is a hash? Oh, an actual hash is the output of the hashing function correct yeah yeah okay so what is so, so in this case what is bitcoin's like hash format uh shot 256 no that's the consensus algorithm so we can look, we can, we can, maybe that's one of the things we want to know yeah of course i think it's going to be explained later here in the paper no and the paper just has inputs going into a hash a hash is a combination of what goes into a it's hash. Letters and numbers. It's a combination of letters and numbers, and it's like, is it thirty something characters? Mm, there's a there's a. It can be in between two. I thought no, it can be anything. It really depends on what the output is. But you're yeah, talking but about Bitcoin specifically. Um, I think it's thirty two. I think it's thirty two. Yeah, that sounds more right. Um, that seems like it makes sense because the batching. No, SHA, uh, you're right. SHA-256 is the ha- is the ha- hashing max. It has a fixed length. Yeah, it's 32, I think. It's, uh, it's 256 bits long. Yeah, but how so, many characters is that? What that means is... 32 bytes. Okay. And a byte is whatever you want it to be. So it could be a character. Yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, And so that is a hash. What's a function? Should we define a function? So people are just like, what the fuck is a function? Uh, sure. What's a function? Do we have to get like mathematical with it? Uh, yeah, sure. Oh shit! Or you the, could we could do layman's layman's, and then we'll go into it later. The function f is a an expression such that. Why don't you do y equals mx plus b? That's like the classical. That's not a function. That's a function. Sorry, that didn't yeah, that's make a that, that didn't make much sense. What I just said. That's not the definition of a function. That is a type of function. Yeah, you didn't want to give an example. I mean, yeah, that's an example, but I wouldn't use that one. I'd use f of uh, x. Why not? X I is use... your input, y is your output. Yeah, but y is lame. f of x is better. Okay, f of x is equal to y anyway. <sighs> not necessarily. It's function of x. It's the same thing. Y is a function of x, but y could be whatever the fuck we want it to be. It doesn't have to be. True. It doesn't... F of x can be whatever letter we want what it to be. What does f of x mean? It means... F- function what? of x. 
That's what it means. If I'm if I'm if I'm Joe Blow, <laughs> and I go, I don't know what that means. They're talking. They're talking nerd to me. <laughs> what does that mean? How does um, how does a function? What does a function yeah. have to do with Bitcoin? Okay, what it means is that like um, for every input there is exactly one output that's a specific type of function no what i mean is like hold on, i'm trying to think of the definition it's been a while since i thought about like the actual definition but like you know take a line x has a two y has a two if that x has another y then that's no longer a function. It does not function because that X has a different value that it could be to make the same Y. Isn't there but, like math jargon, like uniquely deterministic function? Yeah, there's all kinds of math jargon. Uniquely deterministic, that's one of them. Um, but for the, for the most part, a function in general is every input has exactly one output. One output could have m- multiple inputs, though. Right. Okay. So that's a function, and it is important. It's very important, right? Because if every if if every input has exactly one output, then that's something that is functional, right? But it starts to get confusing if you put. Think about it like this. This is for Joe Blow. If you have a machine that stamps out spoons, that's all it does. You put in a block of metal as your input. And you stamp it down and your output is a spoon. Wouldn't you be pissed off if you put the same input in there or type of input and it stamped down and it started spitting out spoons and forks? You'd be like, what the fuck? I anticipated a spoon. I can make a plan. I can make something functional off of just a spoon coming out. But now I'm putting in the same type of metal and I'm getting a spoon and a fork. And it's very random. There's nothing really functional about that. That's that's how you can kind of define a function. Is that uh, is that okay? Sure, I guess. Right. So how does that relate to Bitcoin? Well, we won't Am find I that out. Am putting something in and then st- something gets stamped and then Bitcoin comes out? I mean, kind of. Right. The timestamp. There's these inputs that go into a hash function, and what comes out is a unique digital signature, a unique thing. And the type of unique it is, is that 256-bit, 32-byte code. If you put it in and you didn't get 256... It's a hash. It's a hash, right. Code code is not... Because don't don't say code, you're going to confuse them. Oh, okay. It's just a hash. It's just a hash, okay. So what are the inputs to the to to each of these things? That, We're gonna get that into give me that. the new hash. We're gonna get into that. We're still in the abstract, okay. everyone. Okay. How excited is everyone for this show? We're just in the abstract. And after the abstract, <laughs> that's the end of this show. Sorry. Is it really? Yeah, I'm stopping at the abstract. Oh wow. I've gotta man. go to bed at some point, Jesse. It's damn near midnight. <laughs> We got 30 minutes. I feel like we can skip through the last of this and start getting into the nitty gritty now. No, this is going to take a while. What? Yeah, man. The abstracts is where we stop. All right. This is like like stopping on like a cliffhanger of like a really good show. Look at my you eyebrows. Know what's next. You see my eyebrows? Yeah. That's exactly what we're doing, Jesse. This is an episode of Breaking Bad for nerds. Ugh. <laughs> Hate it if you want to. Okay, let's keep moving on. So we got past forming a record that cannot be changed without redoing the proof of work. No, we didn't. Here's that sentence. The network timestamps transactions by hashing them into an... On- oh, yeah, we did. Did we talk about the the record that cannot be changed without redoing the proof of work? Yeah, we haven't talk- talked about what that record is that cannot be changed. And also, we haven't talked about what proof of work means. Ooh. Those are two deep conversations, man. Because <laughs> if we're going to talk about that record, we're going to talk about Ledger. 
But if we talk about ledger, then we have to talk about the current ledger system that's gotten humanity this far and all other ledger systems that got that came before the double entry ledger. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's a rabbit yeah. hole. That's a pretty big rabbit hole. So just like gloss over it and make it like general explanation kind of. I don't know. Can we can so, we please go into that stuff? Because I think that stuff is kind of fascinating. Okay, let's honestly. do it. Not right now. I'm just oh, saying. Okay, like, later. All right. So you want to mark next, that down? This so is what, what you we're want gonna to talk do. About? Hold up. On the next episode, Jesse and D. Hold on. I got this. Oh, should I do this at the end of this show? Uh, I don't know. Okay. This. We're figuring out the structure as we go. <laughs> That's my favorite <laughs> way to fly. Let's take off and figure out where we land. Let's just do it. Okay. Um. So forming a record or a ledger that cannot be changed without redoing the proof of work. So the record is a ledger and the ledger is shared amongst every single peer in the network. And then if you want to change this ledger, you've got to prove that you hashed a bunch of hashes. And then everybody looks at your giant proof of hashes and they say, that is a big ass pile. And that pile is correct. You did all the math correct. Congratulations. You win. Your proof of work wins. All right. So I'm actually going to read it. The longest chain of hashes. The longest chain of hashes not only serves as proof of the sequence of events witnessed, but proof that it came from the largest pool of CPU power. Man, this is like kind of fucking genius, like reading it again. <laughs> it's really cool how this shit all works. I, I'm actually enjoying this idea the more I read Jesse. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> like, I really am. Um, so let's digest that assistance. The longest chain, right? We... We discussed that these hashes are chained together. And the longest I think you chain... Need to, I think you need to take into account what it's explaining is everybody's generating a chain. Yeah, that's true. But the longest chain is the one that serves as the proof of sequence of the events witnessed. Yeah, that's very true. Like, everybody's out here making a rope. It's the person that question. shows... What if Satoshi, like, said, hey, guys, I've been mining this whole time on my laptop from the very beginning. I actually have the correct chain. And then it showed him, like, hoarding all Bitcoin. Mm. Well, then he would just be one node that would submit a chain that split one. It will have had to fork. Oh, sorry. It will have had to fork off of the chain at some point in the previous system time. And it will have had to done. No, because this sentence right here, a majority of the CPU power is controlled and has the largest pool of CPU power. If it had the largest, no, but the pool... longest chain is supposed to be proof of the largest pool of yeah. CPU power. But if it had the largest pool of CPU power, then its system time would have moved faster. But its system time can't because of the algorithm. It's just one computer hashing away. Right? Because a Bitcoin times a Bitcoin's block time is at average of every 10 minutes. But sometimes it's coming at like eight. Sometimes it's seven, very rarely. Sometimes it's ten. And during the height in 2017, it was like an hour for one block right so that average time and that depends on the system time so like when we say it's having it's a guess it's a really accurate guess but it's just a guess right true so it's, it all depended upon the system time and the system time that exists on this other super long chain will have had to have enormous CPU power to even hope to be the longest chain. I think we understand how it works abstractly, but like the math that everybody's running that culminates in 
that effect, we have no idea how like what that looks like under the hood. I do. You do? It's elliptic curve. Elliptic curve. Uh, I think it's called elliptic curve. Ugh, fuck. ECSA. Okay, so you, so so you know what the what the function is. Yeah. Right? It's based but do on you know how it's curves. implemented? It's like I know what an S function is, right? It could be n degree, you know, polynomial function. But like, does it does that mean I know how it's implemented in like somebody's neural network that's used to solve a chess game? Like, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. That's something so like, that I you don't actually know. You just know that I know the, the function, function. Is mathematically. Yeah, I know the how the function works mathematically. Right, but you don't um, actually know how it works under the to, hood for Bitcoin. And to tell you the truth, it's not a function. It's not a function on two dimensions. Well, then it's okay. not a function. It's not a function. It's, um, it's an equation, but it's not a function. It's a what? I want to say it's just an expression because it's not a function, and it's definitely not an equation. What is it called? Elliptic what? Elliptic curve cryptography is what you're looking for and it's based upon a shape what's the function called um oh fuck i just know it looks like a horseshoe it's a sideways horseshoe i don't know what the function is called it's not a function hold on i mean if you're saying it's a sideways horseshoe it's it is a function it can be plotted just because something can be plotted doesn't mean it's a function. The circle's not a function. Oh, true. Okay, okay, yes. It's not a function, yes. Um, let me, let me see. Let's look it up. Elliptic. Curve cryptography. That's right, because, like, what is the definition of a function? Well, hold on here. Here it says a, a relationship or expression involving one or more variables. Mm. Hold on. Um. Okay. Yeah, that's actually more right because. What, what's more right? It involves two variables. I think that's a little bit more right than every input has one output because if you make that specific definition of every input has one output, then you say that that equation is a function according to how that input and output relationship is, right? So like a line is a function of X on Y, right? That's how you, that's how you'd say it if it were like very, very, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Particular, I guess. Pure. It's a function of yeah, x see, and y. See, like here, if if because yeah. like you're a mathematician or you're you're like a math major, so like the technical definition within you, the context of being a math major or in mathematics, the technical definition of a function is a relation from a set of inputs to a set of possible outputs, where each input is related to exactly one output. So that's what you were saying before, mm-hmm. right? This means that if the object X is in the set of inputs called domain, then a function F will map the object X to exactly one object F of X in the set of possible outputs called the codomain. Right? This goes back to like, you know, your way, way long time ago math. When we were talking about Basically. it, yeah. Right. So these are not functions in that regard. Yes, absolutely. These, these are what, what do you refer to these as? Because I would call these functions because I, well, I butcher the word. Well, function. one, it's two-dimensional, so you can call it a function, and it's a function depending on how you define the domain. At a certain point, there's on the domain. Um, nope, still not a function. So what do you call this thing? Just an equation? I mean, I would call it an equation. That's about it. Right. But the reason why there's so much infinity and why we talk about elliptical curves, Jesse, is because how many points exist on a circle? Infinite. Absolutely. Infinity, right? So if you have something that's not a function on the Y or a function on the X, if you take one point on that curve, it could map to any other point on the curve. 
So you've got this miniature infinity that you've now defined. And that's kind of like why Bitcoin is so fucking deep. Because if you take that <laughs> elliptic curve and you change some of the parameters of how it's shaped, you all of a sudden change the shape of the infinity. And then if you start mapping elliptic curves into the elliptic curves, then you've got many, 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 many infinities to choose from on how gotcha. these things work. So um, we should probably get back to the white paper. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is good. This is good. This is good. All right. So we'll we'll, we'll dig more into that when we actually go to yeah. like what is it learn me a bitcoin.com or something yeah I, that's my favorite place to learn about bitcoin honestly so fun all right um, so let's see what did we finish off with I uh, no the idea. longest chain not only serves as proof of the sequence of events witnessed but proof that it came from the largest pool of cpu power so the next sentence is as long as a majority of cpu power is controlled by nodes that are not cooperating to attack the network They'll generate the longest chain and outpace attackers. So how does that work? That's what I was just how talking does about. The, how, how does the system know that a majority of CPU power is not cooperating to attack the network? It doesn't, right? That's where you get the 51% attack, right? Yes. At that point in time, if 51% of the network is compromised then you can neither tell you can't tell it's a beautiful sweet spot because it's just such a small majority that you wouldn't tell which chain is actually the longest so then your cho so then your only choice is left left is to believe whatever chain the network is spitting out does that make sense yeah it's beautiful god damn the system is beautiful okay Sorry, I'm just kind of reflecting on why I like this shit so much to begin with. Um, next sentence. The network itself requires minimal structure. That's the only, that's the sentence there. What does that um, mean? <laughs> it's going to be their favorite question of this entire show. What does that mean? Um, I guess what we'd say is that at the end of the day, if I want to hop onto the Bitcoin network, I can with my laptop. I mean, I won't get anywhere. Like I'd use a lot of resources just running a node. I think it costs around $35 now. Maybe it's less. What do you mean? A year? A month. To it's really expensive. Node? Yeah, it's really expensive to run a node. And that that's why kind of the premise of this being peer-to-peer -peer fails because $35 a month is some people's monthly salary on the planet. Wait, wait, wait. Why does it cost $35 a month? Energy. To just Is it really? Yeah, to just to calculate and verify the the longest chain costs that much in energy. Now it may have come in, it may have come down, but that was like as cheap as it was a few years back on a Raspberry Pi. Huh. Yeah. But still there's the thing you weigh. If you're a how business... Did, how is it $35? Why don't you just download the DAT file off of like... I don't know. Because your node is, is constant... Your node is verifying the longest chain every 10 minutes on average. That, that takes time to do. It takes energy too. I'm just telling you what is in my head. I need to, I need to verify that statement. Okay, well let's verify it. Let's go to costofrunningabitcoinnode.com that's a website no <laughs> all right here we go uh run a bitcoin node today all right so oh that's come down a lot what are you talking no, about that's per day it says so the node alone costs 0.125 per day to run that's 375 per month or 45 <laughs> on the year oh i was a little yeah you said 35 dollars a month well, wait. I was like, it's not that it's not that expensive. I know that. Okay. I'm sorry, audience. I was led astray by some some information I've misread in the past. I was assuming that after you buy the Raspberry Pi and or the small computer 
that you need. And this guy, he's paying 26 cents per kilowatt hour. The average uh, electricity cost in America is about uh, 12 cents per hour, per kilowatt hour. Oh, wow. So, so you can just half that. So it's going to be, yeah, across a America. Buck 37, a buck 37 a month to run a Bitcoin node. The Bitcoin Podcast Network runs a Bitcoin node, by the way, and an Ethereum. It node. should only it should only be like twenty dollars, give or take. Like Corey like runs a few it dollars. I should ask Corey how much we spent on that node. It's not that much money. Oh, okay. Damn. Well, good news is, I thought I was spending thirty five dollars a month on that shit. No, it's like twenty dollars a year. I don't know how Corey didn't live, like. Why you didn't correct me on that shit? Oh well. I don't know. Oh well, fuck it. I run. That's cool. So I've been spending like 10x less <laughs> than I thought I was spending per month running those nodes. That's a good thing. See, this is a great idea. Jesse, you're full of great ideas all the time. Okay, so minimal structure, you get it now. Jesse just broke down why it's minimal. It's because it costs a buck seventy-five to run a node and verify what's going on in the Bitcoin network. The the time period is important. What time period? You just said a buck something to buck thirty-five or twenty-five or seventy-five. Buck thirty-seven. Yep. Thirty-seven. Okay, but is that a month? A month. Oh. Really? Wait, hold on. In the states, if the if the kilowatt hour is half, right? The kilowatt hours. Let me point. let me just let's just do some more math real quick. Okay. Well, there my calculator. Okay, no, nah, man. There. If we don't have to do that hardcore math, if dude's paying point two six, and we say we pay point one two, and it costs him three point seven four, we're paying half. So it's twenty one dollars. Twenty one dollars a year divided by twelve dollars seventy five. Yeah, man. I thought you said a dollar thirty-seven a month. It's a dollar seventy-five a month. A dollar and seventy-five cents a month. Yeah. I'm just giving them an accurate estimate. If it's three seventy-four, well, okay, it's, you're it's, trying to be it's, precise. It's, look, 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 look. It. it's twelve cents per kilowatt hour. I know. The, the, which is, the consumption is 175.2 kilowatts per year, right? Mm-hmm. So that's $21 worth of electri- uh, electricity in a year. Divide that uh, by 12 months in a year, you got a dollar and 75 cents, roughly. Okay. So that's I'm... how much it costs. To run <laughs> okay, you're, you're absolutely right. I did, I did a little fudging, but we don't fudge here. Because this is what the header. All right. Where you get accurate, as accurate as we can make it possible. Yeah, information. We're trying to make this accurate. No more fucking around. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) So, you're right. A buck seventy. What? How would you say? Twenty-seven dollars a day. Uh, no, it's not a day. What? I'm just fucking with you now. I'm just. I'm just messing with you. Relax. All right, all right, hold on. What's the last? What's the last sentence here? Messages are broadcast on a best effort basis, and nodes can leave and rejoin the network at will. Accepting the longest proof of work chain as proof of what happened while they were gone. So let me ask you this: What yes. happens when nobody has the actual longest chain? Like, I mean, somebody will have the longest chain, but nobody has the the blockchain dating back to the very first transaction. Then they're not even on the network. No, they would be on the network. How? If they don't have the longest just, chain. Just imagine if the blockchain gets so big, it has to be pruned. Oh, you're talking about a actually... light client. You're talking about a light client. And we'll get into that eventually. No, no, no. I'm talking about like the standard... No, just imagine... Not a light client, right? I'm talking about like nobody has enough room to store the full blockchain. So people end up having to prune like somebody who has the longest chain ends up pruning. And then we forget what the original transaction was because nobody has it anymore. Because the longest Uh, chain doesn't have it anymore. I'm pretty sure that you're talking about a thing called sharding. 
that is kind of what's going on in the Ethereum community right now, trying to address the fact that their blockchain is growing enormously. Their blockchain is growing at I'm a not talking about rate. a methodology to deal with blockchain size. I'm talking about like what happens when the blockchain size is too big for any one machine that isn't like like say saying Bitcoin was still just a bunch of people like you and me mm-hmm. with like machines that have maybe a terabyte. Yes. Or two or ten. Right? Say there's that one guy with like a hundred terabytes, right? And Bitcoin is like hundred and one terabytes. He has to prune it to a hundred terabytes. So he loses a terabyte worth of the ledger. At that point, he's that still the longest chain. At that point, the system doesn't work anymore because he's the only person that can validate the chain. So we, as humans, the other two, with smaller, would say, "Yeah, no, we're not using that chain anymore. We can't use it because you're the majority." Like that's how it's supposed to work, and that's how it's supposed to scale with the technology that we have right now is because so you're saying if we if 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 the longest chain ever forgets the original transactions it's not true anymore it's not it's not true anymore at that point in time but why would it forget those old transactions and just not be able to record new ones and then the system still fails why would you forget the old stuff the old stuff needs to stay there because it's a serialized system so you just wouldn't be able to record new stuff anymore and your hardware has to get better. Or you figure out a new way to truncate or we transfer onto a different chain altogether. Maybe you understand something that I'm not understanding, but wouldn't it be possible to still record the blockchain from like, say, block five? And forget blocks one through four, even though no, we're on block, you know. because each block is a piece of the previous block. If you don't have block four, then you can't get block five. Block five. Like, that's the, the, the new header on but a that's, new that's block. That's my point. That's why it's the sentence here. The longest chain not only serves as proof of the sequence of events witnessed, but proof that it came from the largest pool of CPU power. So at the time, it does prove that it was the largest pool of CPU power, and it still has the longest chain, being okay. say all the blocks except the first four blocks. Okay, so that so then you're you you're left with two choices. One, new system, new chain. Two, slowly. Why new chain? Because your chain can't get any bigger and you and you want all of the history. So if you want all of the history and the history and the amount of space that you have only fits if you want all of the history, you either need more libraries, or you got to get rid of books, old books you don't want anymore. Which one are you going to do? Well, the, the more cost-effective way to do that is to get rid of the old books. So those are our two choices. You build new, bigger libraries, or you get rid of old books because you're out of space. Yeah, so why can't you just get rid of old books? You're still going to be the biggest library, which is how verification is done. Whoever has the long, or the biggest library is the truth. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're saying so you the right things. you can get rid of blocks. I mean... You can get but, rid of the very beginning blocks if you need to. Yeah, but what if you don't need to? That's the whole point of Bitcoin is that we won't ever have to do that because the technology that exists today, the technology that existed in 2009 when he made this, can support the system all the way up into the year 21. Oh, shit. What year is Bitcoin stop making new? New, uh, new blocks? I don't know. I think it's 2147. It's a really random ass year. What year does Bitcoin stop producing blocks? No, no, no. Not new blocks. Um, new, um, new Bitcoin. What, when does new Bitcoin stop coming into circulation? You mean when do when does the Bitcoin block reward drop to zero? Yes, or that's what you uh, mean. Pragmatically, last year zero. Bitcoin, the last Bitcoin will be mined. Yes. 
let's see. Twenty one forty. Huh? Is the estimate. Twenty one what? Twenty one forty. Twenty one forty. Okay. So it never it never drops to zero, by the way. Uh-huh. It drops to pragmatic. It would just drop zero. below one Satoshi. Yeah. Um Where are we at? Oh, where you're talking about, right? Because I think, Jesse, that's the whole point of the system is having a record of that system time from point zero to point infinity. So if we get to a point where we've got to cut out points zero through three, we need a new system. The system's broken. All chaos breaks loose. Universal war. Mm. I know you don't like the sound of that, but that's the way it's supposed to work. So I just think that the longest chain, whoever has the longest chain without the blocks truncated, will just become the new real chain. That's it. And people can accept it or don't accept it. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much the gist, but the longest chain, you can't be the longest chain, excuse me, without having the right stuff. You know what I'm saying? You, you, can't you? <laughs> Nobody, like, if, if, if you no, have man. the longest chain and you're still current, but you're still verifying the current blocks, you're, you're fine. They can't question the validity of, of your block four based on the fact that blocks one through three don't exist because you are the longest chain. But you can't even get to being the longest chain without having a more CPU power than the other chain. I think you're. I I don't know if I'm confusing something or if we're misunderstanding what we're trying to explain to each other. But I'm not talking about. I'm just talking about forgetting. I'm just talking about the fact that the longest chain is gospel in Bitcoin. Yeah. And that why, longest chain why is a gospel though. Because they can the longest chain has the ability to remove the original blocks. No, it doesn't. It Not can. Without enormous CPU power. You've got to go Why back. why do you say that? Because how many blocks exist right now? Uh let me see. Let's go to blockchain.com. We are on 601,861 is the block height. You have to compute 601,000 bits of one, 600, however, whatever that number was, that much in 10 minutes with the amount of computer power that's competing against what you have. You can't, it's not mathematically possible to make that many calculations for your computer to do and get the longest chain you need to have a shit ton of computers i don't so that, understand what you're getting at i don't understand what you're getting at <laughs> like say slush pool say slush pool they have the most hash power right right now they have the largest percentage but they don't have anywhere near the most let's say that they had the largest percentage and the most hash power <laughs> Well, then you're not using a system you want to use anymore. That's a 51% system, and you don't use it. No, they have the majority out of everybody. They have, say, like 23%, and everybody else is smaller pools of, like, I don't know, 1%, 5%, 7%. They're not 51%. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm describing. So say they have 23%. They're the largest pool on the Bitcoin blockchain, right? So they have the most hash power, and they are the biggest pool. They also have all the blocks. They need but them. for whatever reason, and they have the longest blockchain. For for whatever reason, everybody ran out of space for blocks for all for blocks. You know, one through five. So phenomenon happens. Everybody loses those original blocks. Slush pool still has all the blocks up until the current block which they're they still have the most hash power 
they can remove blocks one and two, as many blocks as still make them the longest blockchain, and they'll still be taken as gospel. Meaning that losing blocks has no bearing on the fact that everybody else's blockchain will be compared to theirs because they have the large, uh, lo longest blockchain still. Okay. Yes. What you're saying does make sense in that game. But that game yeah. is different than the Bitcoin game because in the Bitcoin game, you need CPU power. CPU power. Like, you need that. What do you mean CPU power? CPU power, what, what does that mean to you? Because that's hash rate, right? Yeah. It's the whole point of a pool, right? Because one individual computer is not... Prob yes. Probability-wise, they don't have a strong chance. Say if you have an Intel i7 or i9 or whatever, compared to the hash rate generated by a pool, a networked pool of computers, you mm -hmm. stand no chance of mining the new hash for the new block and gaining that Bitcoin reward. Not even to begin with. So why are you even introducing the concept of one person trying to... I'm not talking about person. I'm talking about, I'm talking about computers at this point. Okay, so why, why would you... One entity, one CPU, why are you talking about their CPU power? You're talking about it. You just said like if one chain was the longest and it's the only chain that could afford to have the memory to keep the longest chain going then that's it they'd be the sole source of truth yeah they would be but you know what you have at that point jesse you don't have a peer-to-peer -peer system anymore you've got a you sole do. source of it's truth it's still peer-to-peer -peer. no it's not you can it's have peer-to-peer -peer systems where everybody's running a prune node and there's only one blockchain that has all of the blocks or and most of them that's a makeshift it's not peer-to-peer. -peer. That is peer-to-peer. -peer. I don't think that's peer-to-peer. -peer. How's that peer-to-peer? That's, -peer? that's still peer-to-peer. -peer. If it's peer-to-peer, -peer, it's one net one. You tell me one chain, one entity has the one sole source of truth, and everybody else is just begging for the crumbs of the truth. It's not peer-to-peer. -peer. Uh, doesn't make sense that you, when you say begging for the crumbs of the truth, it is peer to peer. You just still. said like you prune it, so everybody else has a pruned chain. Yeah, what's wrong? I don't wrong? think that's peer to peer because everybody it's peer to else peer. Just because one person is seeding like a copy of Pirates of the Caribbean, and everybody has shitty, you know, dial-up internet speed and shitty computers with like 100 megabytes of storage space and one person is living in the future and they have a terabyte uh hard drive and they're running like modern i9 and everybody's running like i don't know something really really old right doesn't matter right okay well it's still peer-to-peer -peer. what i can say pirates of the caribbean mp4 file or whatever what i can say is that in the next episode of What the Hell, <laughs> my God, Jesse and D might get an answer to this problem that they found themselves in, or not. It all depends on how you, the audience, contribute to the creator conversation in the Slack. 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 It's like a Dragon Ball Z ending. <laughs> That's how Dragon Ball Z episode ends. <laughs> All right, dude, I'm so pumped. Dragon Ball Z is going to Netflix, dude. You're talking about is several, it really? Yeah, dude, several binge watches. Like I, I'm telling you, if I get a week off, three days, Dragon Ball Z. Don't give a shit, dude. Don't give a shit. Don't call me. Don't ask me to play your video games. Don't, don't. I'm not doing anything. I'm watching Dragon Ball Z. That's awesome. In the next episode, Goku fucking charges up, and that's it. That's the only <laughs> thing that happens. Tune in. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> and then, randomly, in the next episode, 
fucking Bulba's gonna be eating salad, and you're gonna watch it and enjoy it because you're addicted to this show. <laughs> All right. We hope you guys enjoyed the first episode of What the Header. Um, this is a new thing. Uh, like we said, the passion for the headlines just ran dry. Like I don't even know how fucking real news anchors do that shit. It's like, golly. I don't know how real news anchors. Like Every day you show up and it's like, what are Trump's tweets? Okay, are we going to talk about the tweets? Okay, oh, we're going to talk about the tweets. Okay, let's talk about the fucking tweets. What's going on in Iraq? Is it still desert? It's still fucking desert. Like, it's like, oh, God. Every day, it's the same headlines. Are we talking about the cats today? We're going to talk about the cats. So, anyways, um, thank you for tuning in. Jesse, would you like to say some things? Uh, yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, hopefully, as we make this transition to making better content for you guys, you guys uh, enjoy it and uh, keep spreading... Uh, the word about the podcast and the podcast network and hopefully you guys join in with the uh, questions on things you want to know more about and uh um hopefully we answer those questions yeah jesse let's make a commitment to ourselves here for the audience that we're going to listen to the last 10 minutes of this episode so we can pick off where we left off next week okay all right thank you audience play the outro.